Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome to the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, joining me today to discuss all things Tottenham Hotspur. It's Matt. Hey, you mate, you are Welcome back, buddy. Yeah, I just I just went went down the road and I see the Spurs wheels just dancing along the road as they've just come off. Nah, it's fine. It's a little blip. It's Don't bother a little me. Blip. Fine. Little blip. Little blip. Um, yeah. So uh, this is going to be a short show today. Apologies to everybody. Uh, I know our schedule is a bit off at the moment. We're we're having a few scheduling issues our end, and today sort of like last minute, a couple of things about to change. So. It's going to be a shorter show than usual, but I'm sure you'll all appreciate that. Less, less of me moaning on in your ears. And less of, us, less of us just going off on tangents as well. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to stay focused, focused. razor sharp. So we're going to kick the show off with this. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. Now, normally, I'd give you the option Instagram or Facebook. I'm going to start with Instagram for the main reason it's the only one I've got loaded at the moment. Oh, wait. Okay. Find the rest. Don't say that. I'm professional, Sam. Yes. No, it's fine. They know me by now. Um, and it's from the Johnny Stark. Hello, Johnny. Not from you. It's nice to get another message. Uh, it says, I hate complaining about refs, but it's noticeable that teams have been quite obviously fouling Spurs players and not even getting yellow cards, or not even a foul given sometimes. Well, Spurs are getting yellows and reds for much less. Thinking about James flying elbow on Destiny and Dawson open hand slapping Sonny specifically, but the incident seems too many to count. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on that, mate? Do you know? Do you know what? I, I saw a stat the other day. I don't know if it's true. I'm sure you're you're um, you'll be able to tell me if it's or not. But aren't we like two red cards short of where we are for the entirety of last season already? Like. In, in game 12, the amount of red yeah. cards. Yeah, so it's not just us, is it? They're getting them. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's one of those things where it's... Uh, um, we, it's just... You think you're being... Uh, um, what's the word? You know, you, you feel like you're the one uh, hard done by. But every team's probably saying the same, I'd say. Because we don't watch all the other games. That, well, maybe you do, no. but we're focusing on Spurs, aren't we? So I, I can imagine every, the, the supporters of every other team are probably thinking exactly the same thing. Why aren't we getting yeah. fouls for this? Why are we ones getting red cards, you know? No, I, I think it's a fair point. I think pointing out the fact that the red cards are up certainly is well worth pointing out. Yeah. Um, I think the other part is, I think it's kind of valid that we do question sometimes the decisions. Because... The example of that where you gave of Wolves, where Sonny is quite literally smacked in the face. The guy did it on purpose. You can watch the replay, watch it in full speed. It wasn't a natural hand movement. He did it on purpose. So when you look at the VAR and all the technology, etc., you, you do question, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> I thought all of this was brought in, so stuff like this was punished. And when you lose a game with two late goals in the 91st or 92nd and then 97th minute, you do then question, would that have happened if that player had still been on the pitch mm-hmm. when he shouldn't have been? And and so it does lead on. But of course, that, that can it swings in roundabouts. And I think as Ange Postacoglu said quite well, VAR hasn't cured this. It's actually made it worse. Yeah. Back when referees' word was final on the pitch, everyone, yeah, of course we bemoan decisions that didn't go your way, but you'd at least have the safety in your mind of, well, the ref didn't mean to get it wrong. You know, it happened bloody quick. Yeah. You know, he's just missed it. He's not seen it, etc. 
now, when they've looked at 10 camera angles in slow-mo, four-speed, sped up, you know, ooh, I've got a virtual reality version of it where I see him punch him in the face. Oh, yeah, Shit. but I don't think it's clear and obvious that the referee missed it. It's like, what the fuck? The, 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 thing, the thing is, Sam, I know we've had this conversation plenty of times before, but yeah. it, it, the problem the problem is, with it, the big problem with VAR, and it, I think it'll always be a problem why, why they've got refs up there in the VAR room, is there... I say they're all pals, but they're they're in the same yeah. club, aren't they? Which is yeah. why which yeah, is why you make their mate look stupid. Yeah. Because then next week he might do the same to you. Exactly, and you that's why you never ever ever, apart from I've seen it once and it wasn't in the Premier League, see a referee change their uh, keep their original decision yeah. when they look at the monitor. So what um what are your thoughts on? Someone said this the other day, and my initial reaction was, oh my god, that makes me feel ill. Someone is suggesting that they create an AI program for VAR. Oh, me, yeah. Where's, where, I'm, I'm going to sound really old now, Sam, but I'm going to, where's yeah. that going to lead to? <laughs> well, Terminator, to be yeah, honest with you, yeah. Skynet. It's always going to lead to Skynet, isn't it? So on Facebook, we have a question from Gerard Morris, who says, could this lineup work going forward? He has a Vicario in goal, obviously, uh, Udogi and Poro on the, the, the flanks, and Eric Dyer and Young Phillips as central defenders. We move into the midfield with Lachelso, Bentoncourt, and Saar, with Kulisevsky, Johnson, and Son. Um, I think it's all a matter of opinion, really, Jared. And also, um, we haven't really got a choice. I thought you were the man of suspensions and injuries we got. <laughs> this man makes a very valid point as well. <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, hands up, who's left? Put yeah, your exactly. hand down. Yeah. 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 If you can't raise your hand without saying, ow... <laughs> you are not included. <laughs> Ow. Um, I find I don't know I don't know about you, Sam, but um, I, I used to you you know because we've been doing this podcast for a long time, and I used to get really frustrated when people would call on someone inexperienced to come in because they know that look look I might be completely wrong, right? But I get the feeling a lot of it is they've heard the name, they've they've yeah. heard this guy's good, like you like, and one I always think of is do you remember that goalkeeper that we everyone used to try to get they say he was much better than Larice and he played a couple yeah. of games what was his name yeah um, um, it's escaped the Argentinian you're, guy you're, yeah yeah, yeah. And, uh, ridiculously good looking yeah uh, that's right yeah yeah. I yeah. think that's why I hated him but yeah. <laughs> no I didn't hate him uh, yeah that's, that's it that's my only memory of <laughs> yes, him, right. really. there you yeah. go yeah that nice hair but yeah, yeah signed pe- him from Southampton that's can't right. think of his name yeah it's gone it'll come back to us when it, we everyone's get an old screaming everyone's yeah. screaming yeah. at the yeah, podcast yeah. right now anyway sorry but, you were making a point yeah so so I feel I feel like I, like people will go, oh, Phillips, like bring him in. This guy is mustard. I've heard of it. Yeah, and he hasn't got Premier League experience. And like, whereas Davis and Diet, look, I mean, we haven't got much of a choice really at the moment, have we? I mean, like Dyer, I don't, I don't like seeing Dyer and Davis in centre back only because I think they, I don't know whether the level or his confidence or whatever, but they're the yeah. best of what we've got so far. And as much as Phillips is good, it's got a lot of potential, and he's in and around the first team, you know, and he's training with the first team. I would rather go with the experience of of um, uh, uh, Davis. I think Ben Davis, to be honest, that's that's my opinion anyway. I, I think I think having watched us concede those two late goals against Wolves, I can understand why people are feeling a bit. Ugh. But I, I would I am quite surprised that this gentleman picked Dyer over Davis in that, considering yeah. how they both played. Um, uh, that goalkeeper was Paolo Gazzaniga. Gazzaniga. How in the hell we forgot that? Yeah, with a name like Gazza. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, Martin Hopkins says, why is Ashley Phillips not getting a start at centre-back? <laughs> and Dave is the left-back. Uh, Martin, I think we've kind of covered that. I, I think it's an experience thing. What you've got there in Dyer and Davis are two full internationals, one for Wales, one for England, who have been around the club a long time, are training very, very well. And, and I mentioned this last week, and I think it's something that none of us really consider. I know I haven't before. Is that when you have a squad and the harmony is good, and you've got professionals like Davis and Dyer who are training really well day in, day out, being professional, not throwing toys out of pram, not doing anything to disrupt the team. The team's doing really well. They're respecting that. They're working hard to keep them sharp. If there are injuries and suspensions and you then don't bring them in, what message does that send to everybody else training hard, yeah, fighting? Of course. Yeah, of course. And, and, you know, yeah, I, I get it. You know, the academy kids are working hard as well. But when you've got those two seasoned internationals, they're sat on the bench. Hoybier is another example. Seasoned international, been a first choice for us ever since he joined. Now he's on the bench, but isn't creating a problem. He's keeping his head down. When he's coming on for 10 minutes, he's doing a job for 10 minutes, etc. And he's got the chance to start. He's come on. Um, it's, it's that kind of thing because if you don't then pick them you, you create a, a situation and I think that's something a lot of us aren't overly focusing on that there's a lot more to it than just oh well that guy's quick my system needs quick he'll do better than that guy mm-hmm. um, so and also a, a young kid and I did mention this last week you throw a young kid in a game who makes a mistake unfortunately the nature of football fandom, our own fans are ripping them apart. Oh, completely, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. you, the best example I can give, um, a recent example, is Carl Walker-Peters. Carl Walker-Peters was being blooded into the team gradually, and then we had some injuries, and he got thrown into games like Barcelona. He got tore apart by our fans. He is a Premier League-level fullback who was being scouted heavily by Man City at one point and a couple of other clubs. And really should still be at the club and be a competitive option for us. But, you know, he got ripped apart, lost all his confidence, went out on loan and, and liked playing and the fans respected him there. So he stayed. Yeah, sure. So it, it's it's a difficult thing. And if you put a kid in who does amazingly even on debut, unfortunately then sets a rod for his own back. Because if the next game he's not just as amazing, look at Shaf at Tanganga. Oh no! Debut, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Did a number on um, Liverpool, Arne at Liverpool. Yeah, yes, just right. phenomenal. He didn't hit that level again for a few games. People tore him apart. Oh, he's crap. Yep. And that's that's the issue. And and some managers will judge that and will make decisions based on, okay, I'm going to bring you in gradually and I'm going to make protect you. Like we're three nil up, you're coming on for twenty minutes. You're getting more minutes. We're we're doing well, you know. And and that's how Ange appears to be managing it. Yeah. Um, and I got to be honest with you. Given the way I see fans rip players apart, I'm kind of supportive of that. Yeah, and you can imagine Ange as well. That that that's got to be his thinking. He, he he's kind of like a father figure to, to you can see to a lot of those players, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he, he's certainly my new adopted dad. Anyway. <laughs> can you adopt all uh, of us? <laughs> Chibuze Victor. I hope I've not butchered your name, my friend. He says, "Are we Tottenham making January signings of defenders?" Um, crystal ball time there, my friend. I think um, I think the question should be, are we making signings? And then just put a full yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are we making signings? Question mark. So, <laughs> two parts to this. Um, anyone who's got good contacts within the club are saying, we have no money to spend. Saying those words out loud on a Tottenham podcast for Tottenham fans, I realise is, you know, controversial. 
it's right up there if I just say, and Daniel Lee was doing a great job. Now everyone hates me. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, from what I understand it is, the club spent the Kane money ahead of Kane leaving, similar to what they did with Bale. Um, So when Kane did go, all it did was balance the books. Um, Without any European football, the club have made restrictions on the budgets this season and have basically made the decision that this is a transitional season. We're doing work that we can, but we need to sell players to keep moving the squad round. And this is something we are struggling with. Um, Undombele, for example, looks like he's going to be heading back to us in January. um, uh, Because I I saw a video of him doing a warm-up um, for Galatasaray the other day. Go on. Um, you know, like where they do that rondo where they like kick the ball and the guy in the middle has got to try and chase it. Yeah. He just stood there. <laughs> Did you think I've, like, I've like never seen anything like it? He's just stood there watching the ball, Jesus. and I'm like, Mate, I, I, you're I supposed to try and intercept it. That's the whole point of the game. It's ridiculous. I, I, I know, like, I think is he still our record signing? Yeah, I, I, even though he has been, I think they should just cut his contract up. No one's going to take him, are they? You know, I feel like they should pay no. someone to take him. And what an absolute shame! Again, something we've talked about so often. Yeah. Absolute baller, but Jesus, what a well so to cut his contract attitude. up, you're going to have to lay a shed load of money. I think the club will just let it run because yeah. then it's at least it's a weekly outgoing, not a lump. Because there's no way that guy takes less. You're talking about a lump, there's, yeah. Yeah, there's no way that guy goes, oh, yeah, you're right. It's just not worked out, has it? Let's let's call it quit. So he goes, no, yeah. I've got X amount left on my contract. You owe me all that money. Yeah. yeah. Um. So are we making... So like I said, the rumour is there's just no money to do anything. If we were able to secure players leaving, because there are rumours about that as well, then the key target is a left-footed centre-back, ideally, who has homegrown status in in England. Mm. So, so that is the only thing I've heard at all. Um, but they treat January as a window of opportunity. So if something comes along this, you know, really got a jump on it, they will. Yeah. But that is the only, the only thing that seems to be coming out with any sort of regularity and, and conviction. Mm. Um, Pete Thompson says, hi guys, hope you're all doing well. Keep up the good work with the podcast. Thanks Pete. Uh, with the club releasing a video of Mickey van der Ven and his rehabilitation, does that mean the injury isn't as bad as first thought? Seems to be doing quite a lot of work in the video that I wouldn't expect so quickly after a hamstring injury. Can you shed some light? This is like one of those um, everyone praying on David Beckham's foot before the World <laughs> Cup moments. Um, I've seen several people offer to remove their own hamstrings to donate to him, um, which, I, again, made me laugh. So there are varying various things you can do to a hamstring whenever any of us see a guy in full sprint go down like he's been shot we are fearing the worst obviously the biggest issue with this type of injury is even when it's a strain it can so easily progress from that to something worse yeah so like you know he goes full tilt tomorrow and bang it's gone then like you know your surgery and stuff my biggest fear with a player who has the pace that he's got is it has a big lasting impact in his mental state of can he trust his pace anymore? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I remember seeing certain players never really come back to the speed after hamstring injuries. So that is my biggest fear with it. Right now, all the word is, is he is doing standard rehab and you're looking at 
three to four weeks before he hits full training because they're going to protect him. Now, the club have got a hell of a lot better, and I, I really mean this, it's kind of funny, they've got a hell of a lot better at keeping stuff under wraps. Um, whether that's the new regime, um, whether it's the fact that Paratici isn't talking to his mates in the Italian Sky Sports studio anymore, um, I don't know. But they have managed now to really lock shit down. <laughs> um, so like, there's, there's a few journalists who obviously have good contacts with the club, but there's nothing other than what, what has been said. There's no kind of like... Because the Madison one was interesting. The Madison injury, like... He'd been struggling with like an ankle injury for a little while, but it was fine. You know, like uh, the next day he'd run it off. So when he got smacked on it against Chelsea and he was like, yeah, it hurts. They're like, okay, come off, you know, same as the other times. We'll assess it tomorrow. The difference was he showed up the next day and he was still in agony and they were like, oh, crap. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. But it never leaked. Like no one knew how bad that was until he withdrew from England and the club said, oh, it's precautionary. And everyone was like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's good. He's He'll be good for the next game. And then, of course, it wasn't until the press conference when everyone then found out, oh, no, he won't. And that is a massive improvement. If you think about it, you go back over serious injuries the last few years, the minute something happened in training, there was a headline. And then the club would, like, confirm it a day later. And we'd all be like, we know! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Pete, unfortunately, I can't give you any kind of wonderful glimpses on this. It's... It's weird to me that he's been so prominent in social media. It kind of felt like a either it's a hearts and minds campaign to all the fans, like, look, he's still alive. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, he will come back. <laughs> Things might be a bit shit for a while, but he'll come back. He's great. Look at him. Look how pretty he is. Oh, do you know what? Um, it's, it's so frustrating it because I, like I always think of that that season that Leicester won the uh, the title. Yeah. They never had any injuries. If we'd have gone injury free, we'd have won that title. We would have. <laughs> we would have. It was in it's our one hands. Of, one of those one of those mad things where you just look at it and you. I think you realise just how freaky that season it so was. was. Yeah. Because um, I I said to you the other day about how freaky it was, and I thought, you know, what? I'm going to look that up because in my head they never had any injuries, and I did look it up. And of their first choice eleven, between all eleven players, they missed a total of four games oh, for injury in the entire season. Come on, man. That. That yeah. just doesn't happen, does it? No, they did lose Vardy for like five due to a suspension and an injury. Jesus. And he was electric for them that season. Yeah. But in, in the games he was off, they did draw a couple oh. and lose one. But yeah, then he came back and just kept scoring for them. And oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's mad. It's just oh, yeah. mad, freaky. And everyone bent over at the end. Anyway, I've got to shake that off. <laughs> uh, Tom Perks with the final question says, who from the first team squad is not away on international duty? and will benefit with some time with Ange and the coaching team prior to our next game against Aston Villa. Tom, I would say everybody who's not away is going to benefit because we've got a group of players who are ingrained in a certain way of playing, and that's why they're not our first eleven right now. Yeah. Um, Dyer, Davies, uh, Hoybier, certain players there are not Ange players. Now, Ange won't change the way he plays. He won't look at it and go, Okay, I had an 11 who could do it. Now six of the 11 can't. Hmm, maybe I should change. We don't do that, mate. <laughs> um, sorry, hang on. We don't do that, mate. <laughs> so it, it just kind of goes into this thing of there's no chance that we're going to change our ways. Um, now, that's a little bit scary, to be honest with you, for me, because we're looking at Aston Villa. We're playing very well, very settled. 
um, very capable of beating us. And then we got Man City after that, who have a real... The fact that Pep Guardiola won the treble last season, when he was asked what his goals were for next season, it was beat Tottenham. <laughs> I, I, You kind of realise how seriously they're going to take this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're not playing the anti-football grab a 1-0 win against Man City high in your face anymore. We're playing open, expansive, we're going to have the ball and we're going to attack you, which is kind of like Man City's eyes widen, Erling Haaland, you know, stands even taller than he normally does. So I'm dreading it, to be honest. You know what, Seb told me, I don't know if there's any truth in this, but he told me he's going to be out for five weeks, Haaland, which is true. Well, if, if Haaland's going to be out for five weeks... Then Man City are just down to the thirty-one world-class yeah. players they can did, choose from. I didn't say that to him back. To be fair, he's got, I've got some good news. He told me I'm like, yeah, yeah see, but like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it, as good. I've got to be honest with you that that is that is a blessing because that guy against Dyer and Davis with the love I have for both of those God, players was terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Like Romero and Van de Ven, I'd have gone into that game thinking we got a chance. Yeah, um, with with Dyer and Davis against Villa and Man City. God. I, I am worried yeah. um, for, for our results because I, I will class it as a blip. I will class it as things have just not... We, we went off the rails against Chelsea. It went terribly. If you were to write a script and go, right, that is the worst-case scenario for this game, the only thing you could have added that didn't happen is Pochettino walking out in the middle of the pitch and like doing a big kind of like I heart Chelsea or something. Yeah, like knee sliding in. Like. And, then, and then like taking a shit on a Tottenham <laughs> sign, you know, I don't know, wiping his ass with the club badge, sticking a middle finger up to Levy. I mean, part of the fan base would have enjoyed that. But I think if you were writing the script, that was all that was missing for shit going wrong yeah, in that game. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the uh, Wolves game, which is just one of those bizarre football matches where we grabbed the lead early, we looked good, and then we just completely stopped playing, which is something we've not done under Ange. And, and that's what that goes back to what you're saying about how it's ingrained in the players like Davis and Dyer, yeah. you know, that, that yeah. way of playing. You you unfortunately, and, and I say this with love and respect for him, they cannot get into Ange's system because they, they're just not those types of players. No. They could go to different clubs under different managers and look like top quality again. Um, and I think this is where... Um, you know where we are with it, but it, it just it, this this is a transitional season, and I think this is where we as fans need to kind of take a step back, because I I did a post on our Facebook page where I said, you know, given where our expectations were before the season started, you know, regardless of the last two results, I'm actually really happy. Yeah. We're fourth, two points off top. I never would have put us there. I in my seriously in my wildest dreams, we were fighting for top six. Mm. In my wildest dreams, I had no comprehension of how well Madison had played for us. I mean, I had a great idea that he's a good player, but sometimes players join clubs and it doesn't work. Yep. Um, Van de Ven, I saw video clips, didn't know a great deal about him, but I was optimistic. But again, you have no idea how a player is going to come into the Premier League and do. Yeah, of course. Romero's a homicidal maniac. You have no <laughs> idea if he's going to like start the season by headbutting someone or look controlled and the best defender in the world. You just think so, with, with Romero, like if he'd have ended up, like if he'd, he'd been adopted, for example, into a really bad family, that guy yeah. would have 100% been some kind of like gangster, oh, mafia, mafia. I've, I've <laughs> got no doubt about Cutie Romero without being a footballer. 
is running some cartel in the whole of South America. He's got that. He's just got that look in his eye of like someone who would murder your family and then look at you and be like, "What?" Yeah, just shrug his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. What? I mean, the fact that he, after a game, will post a collage of pictures and normally. Nine times out of ten, he'll pick one where he's hacking someone to the ground, <laughs> standing over them like, yeah. and he he does that himself. Like I, I know a lot of these players have social media managers and stuff. There was a video is, is someone posted on Instagram of him putting it together himself, and then like, cutie, why are you looking at pictures of yourself? He's like, oh, for for the gram. <laughs> he's like, so we now know that when he does this collage of him like murdering people on a football pitch, he's doing it himself. <laughs> it's, it's like he has gone through like, oh, there's me looking really good. There's me scoring a goal. Oh, there's me kicking someone. Yeah, that's the one. That's my football, baby. Oh, so we had no idea how Doggy was yeah. going to play. Yeah. Pedro Porro, we were all terrified that a wing back is going to be made into a fullback. Um, Basuma, we signed last season and was poor, but we had no idea if he'd be better. Papamatasar, a, a completely unknown. Uh, Sonny, was he going to be as good without Kane around? Were we even going to be able to score goals without Kane around? Richarlison, we had no idea. Signed that Johnson kid, still an unknown. So going into this season, even with signings that you know we spent money and all this stuff, I had zero expectation. Yep. So where we are now, I'm delighted. Yeah, I am are. absolutely yeah. thrilled. And I, I'm going into the next few games a bit nervous because, yeah, we're depleted. But we have to keep reminding ourselves we're a side in transition and we performed brilliantly above all expectation to start the season. But all that is is a, a solid footing. What needs to happen now is to recover from this knock and then go again. Um, but... How quickly we can recover from the knock, I think, is going to determine greatly where we finish the season, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, of course. Um, because Romero is going to be back from suspension after the Man City game. So there's no way Van der Ven, unless the club are pulling a real fast one, is going to be available before the new year. So he's out as well. So we, we've lost our first choice centre-backs, who most neutral pundits were calling the pe- best pair in the Premier League for the opening 10 rounds, 11, 12 games. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fair because they did look that good. Um, and then you've got uh, Udogi's struggling with injury. Um, Vicario's missing the Italian game due to illness. Um, Sonny got hacked down for South Korea and looked like he was in a lot of pain, although he then did get run at the end. But then he said, oh, yeah, I'm playing through pain all the time. And I'm like, seriously, just take, dude, Yeah. just come home. Please come Get in a nice here. ice bath. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, Let Fraser Force give you a big okay. cuddle. Yeah, yeah. Just someone just grab him and be like, no, bad little Sonny. Go, go home. Do not keep playing for your country that you're devoted to and you love. No, bad Sonny. Um, I saw Romero go in nearly two-footed on Benton Court <laughs> last night during Argentina versus Uruguay. And I nearly cried. I mean, they, they were great with each other. The game ended, neither of them injured. But I watched that challenge and just nearly cried. I, I just, like, cutie, what the f*** are you doing? But apparently he does that in training, so I don't know why I'm surprised he does it in an international yeah, against course. his teammates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember Regulon, just before he joined Man United on loan, basically posted a picture on Instagram of blood coming down his leg saying, cutie's back. That's right. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. It's like, 
does, does anyone there actually like him? <laughs> well, I mean, I get it. It, yeah. Maybe they don't. Maybe they do. I don't know. Um, obviously, it's the international break. Uh, so so we got a little bit of time before the Villa game. I'm hoping the players that are there can recover, be okay. I, I'm praying to every god that has ever existed that the players come back from international duty okay. Mm-hmm. Um, from my point of view, my, my hope is that the extra time with no game, the, the guys that are struggling with Ange system can at least be at a level where they can help those that are you know, really into it, yeah, <laughs> keep sure. keep it going. Um, I think having Udogi back at left-back, Amparo, the first-choice full-backs will help a lot because the inverted full-backs really is a big thing. Um, and I think Emerson Royale, although adequate cover in a game, struggles with a full 90 playing at left-back. Uh, just just my opinion. Yeah. Um, obviously, Vicario being ill hopefully shakes that off um, because... He's been so good for us, um, and he really gets it as well. Like we conceded those two goals against Wolves, and you saw all the players leaving the pitch, and he was just stood there. He had this look of like, I can't talk to anyone right now because <laughs> if I talk to anyone, I may kill them. <laughs> oh, do you know what? When when we was uh, we managed to catch the end of it, me and Seb, and uh, when when, they, when the last goal went in, he just had a full on meltdown. So, um, you know when yeah. he, you know when he just he got really angry, he started punching me and going, "You made me like football, your fault." <laughs> right, but it took him about half an hour to calm down. Literally, like, like stop, take a breath, you know. But he was hurting. He was poor. Sob was yeah. really hurting. You know? when, when you're at that age, football is life. Oh, no. and Danny Rojas, football is life. Football is, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm not there. I mean, I, I think I have these moments where every now and again I get angry. The Chelsea game, I was angry. Um, anyone, anyone who was talking to me through that game will know. I was just so angry with yeah. what was happening, and everyone knows why. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. It was like of all the teams and of all the people for it all to go wrong against it, it had to be him. Yeah, yeah. And I was just so mad about that. Mm. The Wolves thing, uh, I, I kind of, I kind of felt a bit numb. I kind of a bit like I knew it was coming. I've seen this script before. Of course, I had the hope we were going to see it out, but the minute they equalised, I knew we lost. Yeah, I did as well. We had no momentum in that game from like six minutes in. Yep. We lost our way completely. It was like Mourinho then, football, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was awful. It was yeah. peak Mourinho, peak Conte, mm. just hoping yep, that we'd yep. get through the game. And as a fan, I, I've not seen that this season. Yeah. You know, we, we've been a bit off it a couple of times, but this was the first time I've really felt this is a group of players on that pitch that cannot play Angeball. No. They are so ingrained in playing this different type of football, they will never... We're, we're never going to shake that off. And that's where the transition comes in, Sam. I mean, that's what people... It is. And that is... The picture, isn't it? Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. And that's where we all need to try and keep our heads, which is this season is a transition. We are going to have to focus on that on a regular basis. Before the season started, a journalist, Alistair Gold, said that playing this type of football, Tottenham run the risk of getting a thump in every now and again, whilst, you know, whilst we're trying to build a team. Because Ange won't change. No. Like, you know... He will go up against Man City and play this way, even if he hasn't got. Even if like another eight players are injured and he's got to play the under nines, they're going to go out playing Ange ball. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so we all got to accept it that yeah, things might be rocky. I I think all of us can look at this and go, our first eleven is competitive, which is better than we all thought it would be. 
you know, right away. Yeah. But squad depth's an issue. And this is where me as a fan, I struggle. And this is where I kind of look round to the owners now, to Daniel Levy, to the people running the club. And I look at them and I'm like, please tell me you're seeing what I'm seeing. Yeah. Which yeah. is we have a first 11 that can compete, but the minute one of them drops, the players that are coming in can't do it. Mm. We have to keep work. You know, this has to be that you can't just go, oh, we're doing better than we thought. That's good. Then he doesn't need anything. Mm. Because there are too many times in our history under Enoch, under Daniel Levy, where we have sat on something. It happened most recently with that lemon nonce. It's happened with, yeah, I can't even say his name now. Um, it happened um, famously with Harry Redknapp. He went into a January window with a real chance, actually a title push. Yeah. And we needed we needed players, and he gave him just... I think we got Fraser Campbell on loan. That's right, like yeah, that's right. Yeah. Brian Nelson, or Nelson as a defender, and we were trying to sign Eden Hazard, but, you know... Daniel Levy wasn't sure about him, so he didn't push it. <laughs> it's like, ah! Yeah, it's, it's just frustration. Um, yeah. And uh, so that's where I kind of look at that, and I do get that sinking feeling a bit. I, I just purely because of experience. Like younger fans and stuff, I see a lot of them on social media, like, oh, well, we just have to invest. Now, we, the manager's proved that we got to back him. And I'm like, yeah, I've been here before. Mm. Um,. So that's that's my fear. My my fear is we go into January with the fan base expecting business and just nothing's gonna happen. Even though we've now got injuries and suspensions coming out of our bits. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely don't see anything happening. Um and uh, it concerns me that all of the goodwill that's been built by Ange could evaporate very quickly. Mm with bad results because I don't think people would turn on Ange I think people would be like understanding of this is his way but he doesn't have the players so then they'll look at Daniel again it's his opportunity to like be on top it's his opportunity to be the guy and back him and I just don't think he sees it that way yeah no exactly <laughs> uh, um, we'll see we'll see last last talking point then because we said this is going to be a bit of a short shorter show <clears throat> Um, the talking point is football in general is the news that Everton have been deduct- deducted 10 points today. Um, I think I saw that takes them from 14 down to 4, obviously bottom of the league. They've been deducted the points due to breaches of FA rules around uh, financial fair play. Um, you can obviously look up the articles where it goes into details of the rules. Um, f- Matt, what's your reaction? What, what's your thoughts on this? My, my first thought was, why, why have Man City not had lots of points deducted? <laughs> you know um, I, I think the best way I can answer why Man City and Chelsea because both of them haven't had it is that the charges against them are so much more I think the Everton thing it was like they broke our rule and the FA went oh, you're guilty of that and they went yeah we are okay and they've kind of worked their way through it and said right here's your punishment and they've gone alright I mean I imagine they'll try and appeal it because why wouldn't you but that's what's happened with Man City. It's like this rule breach that Everton are guilty of. They've got that plus like another forty something things, and I just think it's more complicated. I think from a FA point of view, they have now got a very complicated process of, and of course Man City are fighting it <laughs> every step. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's valid. Uh, I think my initial reaction was so Everton get deducted points, but 
Chelsea and Man City continue to be allowed to do whatever the hell yeah, they want. It's just pick on the little guy, isn't it? You know, pick on the little guy. Yeah, I, I think I, I, there's an element of, a, of affection I've got for Everton. I always liked Bill Kenroy. Uh, you know, may he rest, the poor guy passed away recently. Um, and I always just sort of thought of them as a, as a decent Premier League club, trying to do their best. Uh, Neighbours, bunch of assholes. It feels feels very similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I just um, uh, I do feel this from the outside looking in. Definitely, I, I'd look at that and just go, "Well, okay, so you got these two clubs that are winning things, including European trophies. So you're just going to kind of overlook that they're cheating to do it." Yeah. Whereas Everton are kind of mid table. I mean, yeah, did did struggle relegation last year. I mean, that's another question as well, which uh, Dan in our chat, uh, Polynesian Dan brought up, which is, if you're one of the clubs that went down last season, aren't you going to be looking at this? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And saying, whoa, they were yeah. guilty of this two years ago. Yeah. Why wasn't this last year when they were, when, uh, yeah. So, I, I it's going to it's gonna rumble on. <laughs> you know, this isn't just like a kind of, bad Everton, we know, and everyone's <laughs> going to forget it. This is this is going to rumble on, um, and I think more journalists get stuck into the story as well. I think more and more is going to come out that this is one charge and a ten point ban. If that means that if these charges against Chelsea and Man City get proven, we've now got a precedent of a ten point ban for one charge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you've got forty odd charges of a similar thing, I say relegation. That's, Put them both in that's, League yeah, One. Yeah, well, you're not yeah. you're not going to escape. You're you're done. Yeah. That's yeah. If that's a ten point deduction for one offence, and you've committed forty, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yeah. are relegated. Yeah, you are done. Exactly. That's you what happened to, Ranger, happened to Rangers, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it did. So this is why I think this is going to rumble on because I don't actually believe in a million years knowing how corrupt football is that'll happen. No. Because if they did that. You then have a lot of other teams who have got every right to go, right, so they won the league cheating. Yep. yep. So isn't that our title then? Yep, absolutely, yeah. They won the Champions League cheating. So they shouldn't have even been in the Champions League, should they? Mm, yep, <laughs> so absolutely, yeah. You open up a can of worms, which I don't think they want to open. So I think what's going to happen, they call me cynical, is they're going to get a stuffing great big fine and there's going to be some little technicality somewhere. They're like, oh, well, because these happened... And they they came forward. We're not going to give them point deduction. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to be some yeah, bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Just to try and get away with that, so they don't have to face up to that litigation and nightmare of all these clubs all over Europe, not just England, going whoa. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so they're guilty of cheating, and they beat us on that day. How's that fair? Yeah. I'd love to know how many of the players would stay if they got relegated. Yeah. I mean, they're under contract, massive money. <laughs> Clearly, they can afford it. Also kind of funny is like, you know, they wouldn't have the same rules in the championship, so they could literally then just financially dope like a bastard down there because, of course, they don't consider the rules needed in the championship. All I keep thinking is how many goals would Haaland score if he stopped? Well, that's what I was just wondering. Like, imagine Haaland going down like, okay, look, imagine a meeting like Petch, like, look, we're going to spend the season of championship, but we're going to come back up together. Is everyone on board? <laughs> and then just like seeing like, oh, Manchester City beat Bristol City 19-0 today. Haaland scoring 10 <laughs> and then having a sleep for 20 minutes before grabbing another three. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to be disparaging to no, Champions That teams, would happen. Though, I, I, I said Bristol City because they're a local team to me and I just <laughs> like to take the piss. Uh, but yeah, so um, 
<laughs> you do you do imagine though that if they did go down they would dominate yeah. i don't think it's unfair they're dominating yeah. the premier league if they kept their squad together with pepe i mean i mean it'd be a funny season i'd watch an amazon the sh- i'd watch the shit out of that amazon yeah. documentary yeah. like man city in the championship they could probably sell the rights to that and make the money back for the fine couldn't they <laughs> yeah. that's how the world works <laughs> Netflix have just bought the rights to Man City in the Championship for three hundred million pounds, and Man City have paid their fines. They'd be like, "Yeah, that's how the world works." Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, so massive thank you to everybody for listening. Apologies, the scheduling stuff's all over the place at the moment. We are trying our best to try and nail it down so we're back to Thursdays in a regular time. Uh, but please do bear with us. We are trying to put a show out a week at least. With the international break, we are, of course, off next week. Um, but then we'll be back, and we'll be back right the way through uh, up until the Christmas special, where we will have uh, shows all through all the fixtures then as well. I do think there is a winter break again where Tottenham are off for a week, so we'll take a break then as well. But other than that, after this international break, straight through into the new year. Whew, <laughs> mad. Again. Who should we get on for a Christmas special this year? Should we ask Dan and Laura? Yeah, why not? It's always yeah, fun. Maybe. Do you reckon they're actually still listening? Who knows? Do you think anyone's listening? <laughs> no. Well, well, I know eight hundred odd people listened last week. Okay. Um, and a few, a few, few more listened the week before, which I'm trying not to take too personally. No. You know, like a thousand listened, then eight hundred. You kind of think, what did I say? The two hundred people didn't want to listen again. I'm putting it down to the fact we lost. Yeah, they're on holiday as well. They're on yeah, holiday. yeah, yeah. Thanks, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just taking a week off. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. You all take care. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.